0: Tuesday, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Alley for a discount. That's goodranchers.com slash Alley. All right. We are going to continue the topic from yesterday, which is the Dobbs decision, overturning, overruling Roe v. Wade, the best news I have heard in years in years when it comes to political issues, maybe in my entire life. I mean, it just cannot be overstated what a huge and wonderful deal this is. I really encourage you to listen to yesterday's episode if you have not already. We broke down what is in the decision, why constitutionally it was decided by the 6-3 majority. We also looked at some of the reactions to the decision and that is the part that I want to continue on today. I did a Q&A on my Instagram a few days ago answering a lot of questions that you guys have about Dobbs, about abortion law, about abortion in general, responding to the different arguments, the different posts that you are seeing online about the implications of the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the greater abortion restrictions that are going into place In several states. Quite frankly, you're seeing a lot of propaganda. You're seeing a lot of really, really bad arguments. And I can't, I just don't have the capacity, the capability to respond to every single question that you guys have or every single message that I receive on Instagram as much as I would like to. But I do try to equip you guys as much as I can with the tools to kind of. Break down and push back on the blatant lies that you are seeing and also just the illogical arguments that you're seeing around this subject. Today, we are going to talk about what I think is the biggest, most popular myth surrounding all of this that the abortion laws that are going into place now that the Dobbs decision says that there is no constitutional right to and abortion these laws are going into place in some states in conservative states the biggest lie that i'm seeing is that these laws affect treatment for miscarriages and treatment for ectopic pregnancies and so I'm going to break that down, kind of what we're seeing and what's the truth about that. And we are also going to talk about, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw my stories about it last night. I'm going to get into it a little bit more. The reaction from some major evangelicals who consider themselves pro-life, maybe they would describe themselves as pro-all life or holistically pro-life or womb-to-tomb Pro life and why their response from my perspective is so abysmal and is so wrong and is so dishonest and is so hypocritical and is so unbelievably frustrating. So we're going to get into all of that before we get into it. Let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day. This is an amazing sponsor. I've actually got, if you're watching on YouTube, I've got their product right here. It's this little black box. And this is actually an air purifier. It just plugs in to your wall. We've got several of them at my house. I've got one in uh, my dressing room at my studio. And it takes away all bad odor from the area that you're living in. And not only that, or the area that you're occupying, and not only that, but it actually cleans and purifies the air, like taking away virus particles, taking away uh, cigarette smoke, any smell that you have from uh, from your pets, whether it's from their dander or whether it's from their urine, whatever those yucky germy smells are where you live, whether it's the smell of dirty diapers because you got a bunch of kids running around, Eden Pure, this air purifier, takes care of that. Thunderstorm will completely eliminate any odor, and now is the time to order Eden Pure's buy one get one free sale. Is this week only with over 265,000 thunderstorms? That's what this is that I'm holding here. Sold in countless five-star reviews, you know it works. I am personally endorsing this product. I really like it. People are buying several for around their home and as gifts. So just go to Eden Pure. That's E D E N Pure. Deals dot com and use discount code ALIBOGO. Bogo. So that's A L L I E B O G O. That's EdenPure dot dot com. Discount code ALIBOGO. Bogo. Shipping is free. EdenPureDeals dot com. All right, so there's this message that is going around that I think that I have received from you guys on Instagram 55,000 million bajillion times. One thing that I will ask, and I have a lot of grace and patience for this because I don't expect everyone to be able to do this, but before you send me a post, before you send me a question, just check to see if I have already answered that question or responded to the post that you're sending me in my stories. Now, I don't expect everyone who follows me to see every single thing that I post or to have followed me forever. So you might not know if I have already answered a question um, that you are asking. That's, that's fine. I'm not going to get frustrated with you. I'm not going to get mad at you. Anything like that. I'm just saying it will save you a lot of time too if you just check my stories and check my highlights. Also, if you just search the subject that you're looking for along with the word relatable wherever you listen to your podcast. So like relatable abortion relatable gender then a bunch of my podcast episodes will come up I'll try to come up with I I mean we've done uh, so so many episodes on abortion I think I've probably answered every question in existence about abortion and looked at it from a million different angles but I'll try to come up with maybe like the top five abortion episodes that we've done and like put it in the list so it's easily accessible for you. But that is one thing that you can do. All the questions to the Q&A that I did the other day are saved in an abortion highlight on my Instagram profile. Make sure that you check that out. But this particular post that I'm about to talk about was sent to me several times. I did briefly respond to it on my story. I shared a post of someone else. I think it's an account called Nurses for Freedom uh, that tried to debunk this This uh, this post and I I can put up a screenshot of it on YouTube and it's a long message. So I I won't read the whole thing, but it's basically someone posted this claiming that they were sent this message from a nurse who is an L&D nurse, a labor and delivery nurse who also works in the NICU ward. She said that she apparently she lives in this state where a trigger law went into place. A trigger law is um, a law that was kind of waiting in the wings in these conservative states until Roe v. Wade was overturned that severely restricts or bans abortion, except in the case of saving the mother's life and all that. So there are different exceptions to it, depending on what state um, you live in. Anyway, this message included in this post from this alleged nurse said that she treated a patient who had an ectopic pregnancy. That is where the baby is growing in the fallopian tube, which is very dangerous. The baby cannot survive. The woman will die if it is not treated, if the baby is not removed from the fallopian tube. And apparently um, it, it ruptured, the ectopic pregnancy ruptured. And the doctor on call says this alleged nurse couldn't do anything about it. For nine hours because the doctor was on the phone with lawyers trying to figure out what the uh, what procedure is legal to try to take care of this woman. So a lot of people are posting this saying this is the consequence of overturning Roe v. Wade. This is the consequence of abortion restriction because these laws they're saying are so vague and they're so encompassing that they are actually affecting treatment for miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies. So first of all, I have no idea if this is true. Like no one takes the time to fact check these things. You just kind of give into your confirmation bias. And if a post sounds like it's something that that you will agree with or kind of bolsters the point that you want to make, then you'll share it. I mean, we've probably all done that, but we need to be really careful about that. I have gotten a lot more careful about that over the past several years um, because I have just found kind of like the damage that that can do. Let me pause for a second. This is just a little bit of a detour because I saw this last night. There was a woman whose TikTok was being shared um, by conservatives as an example of demonic reaction to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. She was kind of screaming into the camera and she was saying, do you guys feel like stressed or overwhelmed? Yeah, me too. I'm right there with you. And she's screaming. I mean, she looks angry. It's kind of frightening. And conservatives in conservative media were sharing it. I didn't share it. Thank goodness. But they were sharing it. They were saying this is demonic. This is in reaction to Roe v. Wade. Well, it turns out that woman, she shared another video and it it was just heartbreaking. She was crying, saying that video that I posted on TikTok screaming and crying and overwhelmed had nothing to do. With Overturning Roe v. Wade, that was actually filmed several days before the Dobbs decision um, came out. It had something else that, that had to do with something else in my life. And she talked about how she's just a mom, how she helps her elderly parents out, how she helps drug addicts get clean, that she's not a demon, that she's just a regular person. And I just thought... How awful is that? How awful is that? She probably feels so out of control that conservatives somehow just like jumped on her reaction and then hoisted it up as an example of what they want to show as like the reaction of a uh, of a reaction to the overturning of Roe v. Wade as some kind of demonic activity. And look, there are a lot of demonic reactions from the left toward it, but that wasn't one. And now this poor lady, I mean, she hasn't had her life ruined, but she's gotten a lot of threatening messages. She's gotten her face out there as some example of a demon. So it's really sad. So I know that was a kind of a, a, a rabbit trail, but my point is that we have to be really careful about fact-checking, that kind of stuff. We have to be really careful about asking questions. Where did this come from? Where are the citations? How do I know this is true? I don't have any evidence of this, whether it's on the right or the left, because real people can be damaged by it. This particular post about this, uh, from this Apparent nurse who experienced this, we have no way to actually verify it. So it's extremely irresponsible that there are people, that there are celebrities that are sharing it without any substantiation or verification whatsoever, just to affirm their uh, bias, just to kind of satiate their confirmation bias, because. You have no idea what doctors or nurses are looking at that post and thinking, wow, I am also scared to treat ectopic pregnancies because, wow, maybe I should spend nine hours on the phone with my lawyer, which, as I'm going to prove to you, is not legally necessary in any of the states that have these trigger laws or are pushing abortion restrictions. So people could actually die because of this propaganda and because of this misinformation, because doctors and nurses are going to be unnecessarily fearful to do their jobs. Um, So that's the first point in all of this That I don't know if this post is actually true There's no way for me to verify it Um, Second, some of you have also told me That this woman, this patient with the ectopic pregnancy Would have been in the ER Not in labor and delivery Um, Third, if this is true If it is true, it might be true If it is true, it is the doctor and the hospital Who are in the wrong here Not the law It is them who is wrong here Not the law Uh, Many of you send me Sharon Says So's stories to respond to because her bias to the left has become increasingly obvious to me. It has been clear for a very long time I mean, I used to try to like engage with her in like a very polite way. When she would post something that I had questions about, I would just like send her polite messages. Sometimes she would respond. Sometimes she wouldn't respond. And then she blocked me when several months ago, someone asked me in a Q&A on Instagram whether I thought that Sharon says so was biased, which, oh my gosh, again, a million people asked me that. And I used to just avoid it. I used to just Not want to answer that question, but then finally I did, and I was so gentle and like soft and added so many caveats to my answer, but I said, look, I don't you know, I don't think she's a communist or anything, but it seems to me that she leans center left and here's why. And I gave some examples of that. I was really nice about it. I didn't say not to follow her, I didn't, you know, call her a liar, anything like that and she blocked me um but you guys still send me screenshots of her stories i think that she has gotten more and more brazen though about her bias which is fine you can be a left wing influencer but don't tell people that you're only posting facts that you are um that you're not posting your opinion You can see someone's bias, not just in what they post, but in what they don't post. You can see it in how they describe things, the language that they use, the arguments that they give credence to, and the arguments that they kind of dismiss and minimize and patronize. And that, I mean, it's really obvious to me in how she talks about abortion and abortion law. You guys sent me a story. Um, in, in which she said that medically elective abortion and miscarriage treatment for ectopic pregnancies are the same thing. She said lay people, which is an interesting term to use there, but she said lay people distinguish between miscarriages and induced abortions, but medically they are considered the same thing. I'm not trying to put words in her mouth or say something that she did not say, but I saw the post. She said medically they are considered the same Thing and that she also said that some of the abortion laws on the books are too vague and that could be problematic. That can actually be dangerous, implying that these abortion laws could affect the treatment of ectopic pregnancies and miscarriages. First of all, they're not medically the same thing. They're not medically the same thing. Miscarriages may be coded and billed as a spontaneous abortion. I think that's a horrible phrase. And I know that women who have had miscarriages tell me just like the added trauma um, that they experience from seeing that in on their insurance and in their medical charts, their miscarriage was coded and billed as a spontaneous abortion. Uh, but that does not have any bearing on scientifically, on medically, the difference between These experiences slash procedures, every medical professional knows that elective abortion, the intentional killing of a baby in the womb is different than a procedure to remove a baby who has already died naturally in the womb and the removal of a baby in an ectopic pregnancy. There's no actual confusion about that among medical professionals. And the laws on the books right now, restricting abortion, are very clear about what is being banned and restricted. It doesn't take a whole lot of research to figure this out. Just look at the text of the bills and laws online, and I'm going to read you some of The bills and some of the laws that are in place now in the states that are restricting or are banning abortion, they are actually pretty clear. And look, let me just say this also up front. If there was a law um, that restricted the treatment or banned the treatment, affected the treatment of miscarriages or ectopic pregnancies, then I would 100% uh, be against them. I would be allowed and opposed to them. Because I believe the mother's physical life is equal to the value of the baby's physical life. So I don't believe in intentionally sacrificing the mother's physical life. I believe that if the mother's physical life, physical life, I'm not just talking about mental health. I'm not just talking about general well-being. I'm talking about her physical life is at risk. Then the humane and compassionate option is to... uh deliver the baby, is to remove the baby. Now, I believe that all medical care should be used after the baby is removed from the womb to try to help them. If they're pre-viability, then obviously we know that that baby isn't going to survive outside the womb. But to try to help that baby as much as possible, I, I do not believe that intentionally killing a baby while they're inside um, the womb is right, Ever. But I do believe in the value of the woman's life, and I do believe there is a humane and compassionate way to treat and to help both the mother and the baby. I will be talking to an OBGYN who has verified this. There are many OBGYNs as life action has chronicled over the years who will say, who have said over and over again, it is not necessary to intentionally kill a child to save a woman's life. To intentionally kill a child while they're in the womb, poison the child, dismember the child while they're in the womb in order to save a woman's life. Early delivery is the proper response to that. Either way, the baby has to come out, right? So you are either delivering a dead baby or a living baby. So anyway, I just wanted to make sure that we know that, that I am not denigrating, I am not decreasing at all the value of a mother's life. Now, um, let me read you some of the text from these laws and from these bills that are in the states and how specific they actually are and what is being restricted and what is being banned through these laws. They do not affect the treatment of ectopic pregnancies and miscarriages. But before we get into that, let me tell you about my second sponsor for the day, and that is Birch gold. So the world seems really unstable. We know that the economy is really unstable. Fear of out of control inflation is hammering the stock market. The S&P 500 is having its worst start to the year since World War II. So not only are your savings worth less, you now have less Of them. Now might be a good time for you to diversify into gold, the most stable asset in the history of the world. Birch Gold is the company I trust to help you convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold and silver. Not only will Birch Gold help you fortify your savings with precious metals, they'll help you do it in a tax sheltered account. So text Ali, A L L I E, to 989 898 to get started. 989 898. Text Alley for their free info kit on gold. That's Alley to 989-898. All right, we'll start with Alabama. And I can't go through all of these states. I believe there's like 22 states and the text is always long. These bells are always so verbose, but um, I will read you Some of them, let me just let me just summarize by saying that all of these laws with the trigger laws in place to restrict or ban abortion or even the law, even the states that don't have trigger laws, but are planning like Virginia and Florida to more greatly restrict abortion in their state. They're specific about what they mean by abortion. So here's what Alabama says. Uh, This is what is being restricted. The use or prescription of any instrument, medicine, drug, or any other substance or device with the intent to terminate the pregnancy of a woman known to be pregnant with knowledge that the termination by those means will, with a reasonable likelihood, cause the death of the unborn child. So you see how they are bending over backwards to be so specific about this? This term does not include, they even go further. This term does not include these activities if done with the intent to save the life or preserve the health of an unborn child, remove a dead unborn child, to deliver the unborn child prematurely to avoid a serious health risk to the unborn child's mother, or to preserve the health of her unborn child. The term does not include a procedure. Uh, a a procedure or act to terminate the pregnancy of a woman with an ectopic pregnancy, nor does it include the procedure or act to terminate the pregnancy of a woman when the unborn child has a lethal anomaly. So they actually have an exception here that if the child has a lethal anomaly, if they have some kind of disability that is going to cause them to die after birth, then Alabama says you can get an abortion. Now, I think that's wrong. I don't think the that a person's disability in or outside of the womb is a good justification for purposely killing them. I believe, again, that the compassionate option there is early delivery. You try to help the child as much as you possibly can, but you don't murder that child because they have some kind of anomaly. But that is the law in Alabama. So they give exceptions there. They give specific definitions that this does not cover ectopic pregnancies. This does not cover miscarriage management. So people who are saying, all these laws are too vague, well, you make them point you to the exact law and why it's too vague. So, Arizona. Also, abortion does not include, the law says, birth control devices, oral contraceptives used to inhibit or prevent ovulation conception or the implantation of a fertilized ovum in the uterus or the use of any means to save the life or preserve the health of the unborn child, to preserve the life or health of the child after a live birth, to terminate an ectopic pregnancy or to remove a dead fetus. So again, ectopic pregnancy and uh, miscarriage management not included in the restriction on abortion. Florida says abortion means the termination of a human pregnancy with an intention other than to produce a live birth or to remove a dead fetus. Uh, Georgia says that abortion means the act of using, prescribing or administering any instrument, substance, device or other means with the purpose to terminate a pregnancy with the knowledge that termination will cause the death of an unborn child. So some people are saying, "Oh well, the medicine that is used for to expel uh, the baby in a miscarriage is the same medicine that is used in a first trimester abortion, so that is now going to be restricted." No, you'll see in these definitions that the purpose, that the intent. Of the procedure matters. It's not just the medicine that is being used. Georgia also specifically says that this does not include removing a dead or unborn child caused by spontaneous abortion or removing an ectopic pregnancy. Idaho says that this is abortion is the use of any prescription or instrument to intentionally kill an unborn human being. Indiana says that abortion means the termination of a human pregnancy with an intention other than to produce a live birth or remove a dead fetus. The term includes abortions by surgical procedures and by abortion inducing drugs. Kentucky, abortion means the use of any means whatsoever to terminate a pregnancy of a woman known to be pregnant with intent to cause fetal death. Uh, Louisiana uh, says the same Thing, says that this does not cover a spontaneous miscarriage or this does not cover the treatment of ectopic pregnancy. That is what the Louisiana law says. The Mississippi law uh, says that abortion means the use or prescription of any instrument, medicine, drug or any other substance or device to terminate the pregnancy of a woman known to be pregnant with an intention other than to increase the probability of a live birth to preserve the life or health of the child after live birth or to remove a dead fetus um that's mississippi missouri says the same thing it does not it does not affect miscarriage care or um it does not affect miscarriage care or ectopic pregnancy removal, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas. Texas specifically says this, the term abortion does not include birth control devices or oral contraceptives. An act is not an abortion if the act is done with the intent to save the life or preserve the health of an unborn child, or remove a dead unborn child whose death was caused by spontaneous abortion, or remove an ectopic pregnancy. Now, if some of your criticism In, for example, like the Florida law or some of these other laws that doesn't specifically say ectopic pregnancy, then you can call your legislator and you can say you need to add this term ectopic pregnancy just for the sake of clarity. But again, their definitions are very clear and very specific. Utah also is very specific, says that abortion does not include the removal of a dead unborn child or removal of an ectopic pregnancy pregnancy West Virginia says the same thing Wisconsin says the same thing Wyoming says the same thing so again when someone says that ectopic pregnancy uh care and miscarriage care that they are going to be affected by these laws you make them cite that you make them cite the specific line and the specific law and the specific state that says that ectopic pregnancies and miscarriages will not be taken care of and if these stories that are going around are actually true which again I have my doubts that they're true, that these women are not being cared for because they have ectopic pregnancies. That is not the fault of the law. The fault lies with the hospitals. The fault may lie with the insurance companies and their misunderstanding of what's going on, perhaps, or just their dereliction of duty here. I mean, I've also heard from several of you who are nurses who live in red states, who have had women come in with miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies and have been completely cared for without any bumps in the road at all. So understand that this is a massive propaganda push that the powers that be know that a lot of people who are against abortion are obviously for women who have miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies being cared for. So if they can convince you that restricting the intentional killing of children somehow also includes restricting caring for women who are suffering from Uh, These diagnoses or suffering from these experiences, then they can get you to say that you're pro-choice. They can get you to vote Democrat. But it's a lie. It's a huge propaganda push. It's a huge propaganda push. I'm not even sure, again, that this is something that is actually happening across the board in hospitals. And if it is, it is not the fault of laws that say you can't intentionally kill an unborn child, except in a lot of cases in these states, they do even have exceptions uh, to that rule. Another thing that I think is strange about all of these stories, about all of these doctors suddenly not knowing how to deal with abortion restrictions is that doctors in almost every state have always had to deal with some kind of abortion restriction. Like doctors around the world have had to deal with the life of the mother restriction at some point in the pregnancy of the woman everywhere. And yet they knew how to deal with these situations without calling lawyers. So you're telling me that conveniently right now, hospitals have no idea how to deal with limits on abortion. Come on. Like, let's just, again, think a little bit critically about this. Now, I want to talk about the very disappointing Christian reaction to all of this, especially in the evangelical world. They are adding to the noise and the chaos and confusion rather than adding clarity and love, which is to be expected from a lot of these people because it's exactly what they did in June of 2020. Rather than taking on biblical definitions of justice, biblical definitions of love and hate, they just adopted worldly talking points about racism, systemic racism, inequality, inequity. Um... They just repeated what the world said about things like white supremacy and um, white privilege rather than actually consulting and repeating what the Word of God says about these things. So these people are used to adding chaos and noise to situations rather than than clarity. Um, and I believe that these kind of evangelicals are doing the same thing right now. So we'll get into that in just one second. Let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day, and that's is Good Ranchers. So July 4th is coming up. It's like one of my favorite days of the year. I absolutely love July 4th because I love the summer and I also love what this country was founded on and I love celebrating that. So you need some fireworks, obviously. You need a pool. You need a grill and you need some meat to put on that grill. Why don't you get your meat from Good Ranchers? To celebrate America's birthday, you need American meat, and that's not very easy to do if you go to the grocery store to get your meat, because a lot of it is grass-fed beef from overseas. So make sure that you are supporting American farmers by getting your beef and your chicken and your seafood from good ranchers. Right now, with my code Allie, you can get two free 18-ounce prime buys. So go to goodranchers.com/allie. Use my code. You can do a one-time purchase, try it out, or you can subscribe. Get $25 off every box for the life of your subscription. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Ally, or use code ALLEY for your two free 18-ounce ribeyes. Shop Good Ranchers today. It's American meat delivered. So I know that many of you have been really disappointed because a lot of your favorite evangelical teachers who talk to you about social justice and caring for the marginalized and being a voice for the voiceless and speaking truth to power, who for the past few years... Have been talking about the evils of Donald Trump and the white supremacist fascist force that's behind him, who have had a lot to say about different political and social issues over the past few years, even when they have been dead wrong. They have been completely confident in the commentary that they have offered to the political sphere, whether it's about what's going on at the border. Whether it's um, about so-called racial and social justice and allegations of police brutality, that story that went around that Border Patrol was whipping Haitian migrants at the border, which was completely wrong. You'll remember, I think it was back in 2019, the March for Life, when Nick Sandman was standing there smiling. That's like the, I think he was like 16, 15 or 16, the high schooler that was at the March for Life. And he was just standing, smiling in front of this Native American man who was beating his drum. And then there were all these Black Hebrew Israelites surrounding them saying expletives. But for whatever reason, like the guy that people were so focused on and so angry at was this 15 year old kid who was literally just standing there smiling. And I remember um, Beth Moore, like she was so incensed by this. She was so angry about this. She tweeted about Nick Sandman, who, by the way, has been completely vindicated. Like he won a lawsuit against CNN. And I think another outlet because they just lied about him like they called him racist they said that he was like antagonizing this man when that wasn't true at all like he was literally just standing there he wasn't antagonizing or doing anything wrong so beth moore was so incensed by this kid standing there smiling that she tweeted so this is january 19th of that year saying to glee and dehumanizing any person is so utterly antichrist it reeks of the vomit of hell wow Wow, really? About this 15 year old kid, like standing there smiling? And she also tweeted uh, while well, she was responding to someone, agreed, but. I cannot shake the terror of adolescents already indoctrinated enough to hate and hate and disrespect to smile that chillingly. Oh, my gosh. Like, is this a Stephen King novel? And jeer without shame or fear of God. Uh, Uncurved, this utter glee and dehumanizing is what humanitarian horrors were made of. What? Okay, to be perfectly fair, she did delete these tweets, and she said that she didn't have like the full context. Which, okay, that's great. We've all tweeted things that we that we regret saying. We've all made mistakes and things that we say. All right, I've been there. That's fine. However, however, like she had that much passion and was that hasty and was that ready to tear down a 15 year old boy based on a decontextualized clip that she knew she knew nothing about. She didn't wait. at all, to comment on it. And yet, I have not heard anything from her about the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Now, I'm not questioning whether or not she likes abortion. I don't think that she does. I'm sure that, in principle, she is anti-abortion. But the fact of the matter is, is that evangelicals in this kind of world, you know, Russell Moore, what people kind of talk about as like Big Eva, they have gained a lot of street cred with progressives over the past few years in their criticism of Donald Trump and their criticism of Anything and everything the right wing does and says, that they of course are going to be more hasty and they're going to be more ready to jump uh, to jump on a left wing narrative of something, than join hands with conservative Christians who are celebrating the overturning of the most uh, one of the most, if not the most unjust, Supreme Court decisions Roe v. Wade, um, in all of American history. So. That is part of my beef here, is that a lot of these evangelicals, you know, the ones who have said nothing about this or who are making a point to say to like they're making posts and videos saying that they're not going to make a post and video giving a response to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. They are making posts and videos saying, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to live my real life. I've got real people that I am... um that I'm living life with and and, you know, wrestling with these issues with and I don't I'm not obligated, I'm not responsible to give you a response to this political thing on social media. Meanwhile they're literally putting so much time and energy and so many words into telling you why they're not going to to comment on the thing that they are actually now commenting on by saying that they're not going to comment like you're commenting about you're not commenting is actually commentary and you have commented on like every other social and political issue for the past few years like you've accused people of white supremacy and racism who simply disagree with you on the issue of like policing and what social and racial justice and equity and equality actually look like but now this issue the literal murder of babies is too nuanced and too complicated and too difficult and too divisive for you to touch like this is actually a lot more clear Than the issue of racism, that's much more like that is a much more nuanced conversation about what that actually looks like, what that looks like institutionally, what outcomes are products of discrimination and what outcomes are not a product of discrimination like that's a much more complex uh, conversation than the murder of children. I mean, that's very black and white. You shall not murder is really, really clear. That includes babies inside the womb that Christians know are made in the image of God. And yet these evangelicals who call themselves you know, social justice advocates who really say that they care about the poor and the marginalized, they cannot bring themselves to just have a clear stance on abortion. You are not obligated as a Christian influencer, author, whatever, to comment on every political issue, to comment on every headline, to comment on every news story. That's absolutely true. You're not obligated to do that. You are not accountable to the people on social media. You should have real life community where you are talking about these things. That's absolutely true. But A, if you've talked about every other thing because you know certain stories are an opportunity to push a progressive headline, whether it's about immigration or racism or whatever it is and you're not willing to comment on this just you just need to admit that it's because you're progressive like you're a partisan don't say that you're not commenting on the overruling of Roe v Wade because you're just above it all and you're just n- not you're just you're, you're just nuanced and you're just so thoughtful and you're just trying not to get down into the muck and the mire of it look you are making videos and comments talking about how you're not going to talk about it. You're in the muck and the mire. Just say that you don't agree with overruling Roe v. Wade because you're a progressive and you don't really know what how you stand or how you feel about abortion. Like, that's that's it. So that's one option here. The other option is that these people are really just cowards like they are against abortion, but they're not willing to say anything about this because they know that the backlash is much harsher from the left than it is from the right. And they want the approval of the mainstream left more than they care about the approval of conservatives. Now, they want that white conservative dollar. That is for sure. Like white conservatives still are like hoisting up a lot of these evangelical leaders who are progressive and who always say progressive things on politics and on culture. But at the end of the day, they may want one of the reasons for the silence and the just milquetoast responses to Roe v. Wade by these Christians could also just be because they are scared. They want acceptance from the mainstream. Um, And they understand that the progressive backlash to conservative opinions is much more consequential and much harsher. I see this from uh, some of my friends. I've got a friend. We disagree on a lot of big stuff. He is a gay liberal, and he said something to me one day. He uh, said an opinion that went against liberal orthodoxy, something um, that most liberals would really disagree with and have a problem with. And he admitted to me that he could never tweet that. Now, he tweets things all the time that he knows would make conservatives angry, but he's not going to tweet this one thing that he knows will make liberals angry. Everyone knows where the true mob is. Like everyone knows where the institutional power is. Everyone knows who the mainstream is. And a lot of Christians who claim to be apolitical, who claim to be nonpartisan, really want to be liked by secular progressives. And so they'll toe the line. They'll straddle the fence on a lot of things, including when it comes to abortion. Now they're gonna be completely unnuanced and completely unthoughtful and undiscerning when it comes to issues like so-called like uh, alleged racism that they know the world is going to agree with. But when it comes again to the literal murder of babies, all of a sudden well, we just don't know if we should be celebrating this. We just don't know if we need to say anything clear about this. We just don't know if we need to put out there that hey, praise God in many states children are going to have their dignity enshrined into law and thousands upon thousands of babies are going to be saved because of this law. Thank God. They can't say that instead they have to put so much energy into excusing themselves for their lack of clarity and courage on this issue another thing that i'm seeing with a lot of these like so-called womb to tomb evangelicals there so there's like one group that will actually celebrate so great they'll say like this is a good thing i'm happy about this this is justice but they will temper that celebration with well now we really need to make sure that we're taking care of women and children And then you've got another group who's not celebrating it, the group that I was kind of just ranting about, not celebrating it. They won't say whether or not they think it's a good thing that Roe v. Wade is overturned. Have they even read the Dobbs decision? I have my doubts. But they will say, well, you know, I can't celebrate it because what are we doing for women? What are we doing? What are we doing for women? why we really need to, we really need to make sure that we are caring for women. So we don't need to focus so much on abortion when, wow, we really need to be caring for the poor. What are we doing for them? What are you doing for them? Pro-lifers have been working with these women, have been serving these women, have been helping these women, have been loving these women, have been pouring their time and their energy and these and their dollars into these women's lives, into helping them before, during, and after birth of their children. They have been donating. They have been building these pro-life pregnancy centers. They have been counseling both pre-birth and after birth and uh, after abortion as well. They have been offering parenting classes. They have been donating free baby items. They have been helping with immigration help. They've been helping with Medicaid enrollment. They've been helping um, with free healthcare services like pregnancy tests, like STD testing, uh, like free sonograms, giving them prenatal vitamins. If you don't know, if you are a professing Christian, Who says you can't celebrate the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which led to the slaughter of over 60 million babies? You're saying you can't celebrate that because Christians really need to start helping these women who are in need rather than only focusing on abortion. That tells me you have not lifted a finger for them. That tells me you're lazy that you have been sitting on the couch and you haven't even taken the effort to type on your computer to see if maybe there are organizations in your area who are already helping these women. I don't want your finger wagging until you have gone to your local pro-life pregnancy center and you have seen how you can help, or you've at least taken a tour to see the Christian women who have been pouring their lives and pouring their energies into women who are in crisis, families who are in crisis, For decades, I do not want to hear your chiding towards pro life Christians saying that we need to be doing more for women. You have no idea what we have been doing for women. You have no idea. And if you still have no idea at this point, that is a choice that you have made because there are thousands of pro life pregnancy centers that exist that have been doing all of the things that you're saying that Christians need to do before they can celebrate the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So if you're worried about a deficit of compassion, in Christians, towards these vulnerable women, then you need to get up off your couch. You need to get off Instagram. You need to go out your door, in your car, drive down the road, go to your pro-life pregnancy center and say, what do you do and how can I help? Okay? So, No more finger wagging, no more nagging, no more fake self-righteousness from those of you who are saying, oh, I just don't know how I feel about the abortion issue. I don't know how I feel about Roe v. Wade because we really need to do more to help the poor. No, you need to do more to help the poor. Don't don't assume that the rest of us aren't doing it. Those of us who are pro-life have been putting our money and our time and our energy where our mouth is for a very long time. The fact that you have it is your problem. Take that up with God. Don't encourage the rest of us to do so when we already have. And also, another excuse that I keep hearing from professing Christians who say, well, I just, you know, there just needs to be more programs. There needs to be more programs before we talk about abortion. It is not, I've said this a million times, it is not more compassionate to vote for politicians who promise to take money from people who are richer than you and give it to people who are poorer than you so you don't have to get off the couch and put your own skin in the game. That's not more compassionate than the woman who is waking up every morning or every weekend to actually go to these pregnancy centers and spend their own time and their own money and their own efforts to help these women. You are not more compassionate simply because you believe in distributing tax dollars to poor people. You are not more compassionate for that than the person who is actually donating out of their own pocket and out of their own time and their own energy. You're not. You are not more compassionate for supporting largely ineffective and inefficient government programs than the person who says, you know what, I'm going to do something about this myself. There are Christians who have decided in compassion and love that they are not going to delegate the responsibility that God has given the church to the government. That is compassion. That is love. Now, that's not to say the government has no role. That's not to say that there is no place for government help. I think that there are ways that the government can incentivize fatherhood, present families, intact families, I'm not against that. I think that we should use whatever is constitutionally available to us to help support families and help them stay together and help Uh, families who are in crisis um, and ensure that they have a place to live, that they have a place to work, that they can start providing for themselves. But do not tell me that I just have to vote for politicians who want to expand the power of the government and that that counts as love and compassion. That's laziness. Come on. That's, again, delegating the responsibility God has given to you as an individual, you as a Christian, to the government who surprise, surprise, doesn't actually care about the people that they say that they care about. And you're telling me that in order to be truly compassionate and truly pro-life, I have to vote for a Democrat politician who believes in subsidizing abortion through all nine months of pregnancy? No thanks. No. Come on. Come on. The pro-choice, pro-abortion side is backed by... The so-called Church of Satan is is backed by every demonic, satanic, secular force that exists on Earth, and you're telling me this is a nuanced issue. The thing about the evangelicals who are willing to say this is a great thing, but they're caveating it, they're tempering it immediately with saying, "Well, we need to be doing X, Y, Z for women," as if pro-lifers haven't been doing that for years. Is that they would not be caveating posts about racism? or posts about alleged police brutality. I mean, we saw that two years ago. They're not going to caveat that. They're not going to make sure that people who are racist or who used to be racist, that their feelings aren't hurt by them condemning racism. And yet I've seen a lot of people saying that they don't want to celebrate or they're too scared to just kind of be triumphant about the overturning of Roe v. Wade because there are women who have had abortions would you offer the same kind of um gentleness towards people who used to be racist like are you going to caveat your condemnation of racist uh, of racism and white supremacy just because there are people who follow you that maybe are or used to be racist of course not of course not so it's just strange how like we treat this the literal murder of children with kid gloves, um, it seems like. And that's not to say we shouldn't be completely gracious and offer the redemption and forgiveness of Christ. You have no idea how many conversations I have had with post-abortive wisdom and getting to share the grace of of God and the love of the gospel, the power and redemptive work of Jesus Christ with them has been one of the joys of my life. That does not mean that I am going to soften my stance on abortion or try to temper my celebration about the overruling of Roe v. Wade at all. Go back to yesterday. Listen to what happens in an abortion. I've talked about what happens in an abortion many times. I've read abortionist words of how they perform abortions. Go look at my Instagram story right now and look at the body of a baby, probably second or third trimester, who was recently aborted in Washington, D.C. That is a human being, that is a child, That is being violently murdered inside the womb, and you're telling me that you can't have a clear stance on that. You have a clear stance on everything else when it comes to politics, but this is the one thing that's just too much for you? Come on, be honest. You're either a progressive partisan, you're actually not that perturbed by abortion, the or the legality of abortion, or you are just cowardly about this. Now, if you are someone who you don't ever I'm not talking to everyone. I'm not saying that everyone has to post on social media. I'm not that's not everyone's role. That's not everyone's job. Maybe you're someone who you're like, "You know what? That's just not how I want to use social media. You don't talk about politics, you don't talk about social issues." Now, I think it'd be awesome if every Christian used their platform. To talk about that, I do. I think that would be amazing. I mean, you see all kinds of people on the left who don't typically talk about politics, influencers, whatever, posting their pro-abortion propaganda. It would be great to have some light on social media and a lot more people standing up and speaking out about the dignity and, and importance of protecting children inside the womb. But when my criticism is not towards like the average individual who just doesn't want to get into it on social media. Maybe you really are having these conversations in real life and you're dedicating a lot of your time and your energy to these pregnancy centers. I'm not saying that you have to post on social media and that you are cowardly or that you are partisan if you're not. I'm specifically talking about Christian influencers who regularly talk about politics and social stuff. And now like they are so watering down their position on abortion. They're so refusing to talk about it and they are claiming like a sense of self-righteousness and detachment from politics um in order to justify that like i mean i'm thinking about a particular a particular person and the name really doesn't matter because it's representative of the attitude of like a lot of different evangelicals in this in this realm um who is acting like her reason not to talk about it is because oh well you know american politics it's so stupid people are so addicted to outrage people are so addicted to controversy but me me i'm paraphrasing here but me i'm just a you know i'm above it i i'm I'm above all that and i don't have to i don't have to talk about it as by the way she is talking about her um not talking about it and then gets very defensive when people push back this is a pattern by this person and then also like accusing other people constantly of being like bitter of being angry of being you know of waiting in controversy this person to me comes across as like as very bitter and very angry and defensive a lot and annoyed constantly (laughs) at people who disagree with her and yeah it's constantly accusing the people who disagree with her of being angry. So that like there's a lot of that in like those evangelical circles. We don't have to agree on everything. Like maybe there are some disagreements that we have here and you don't have to say everything the same way as an evangelical when it comes to these things. But look, if you say that you're pro-life womb to tomb, don't be light on the womb. Okay? And by the way, I don't even like agree with that. All of the other things that they say that oh, uh immigration is a pro-life issue. Death penalty is a pro-life issue. No, it's not. That's an immigration issue. That's a death penalty issue. Those actually aren't as clear. Um, And they do have some kind of political nuances to those things. Like you don't just get to lump in every progressive issue into the umbrella of pro-life. I mean, I am anti-abortion. You don't have the authority, by the way. To define what it means to be truly pro life if you believe in the legality of the dismemberment of babies inside the womb, you gotta start there. That is like, that is baseline for what it means to be pro life. If you can't even start there, I don't really wanna hear your opinion about the death penalty and how you think transphobia is a pro life issue. Come on. The same God who said that he made us male and female also told us not to murder. And by the way, just bonus, Genesis 9-6 before the establishment of Israel also said that the only uh, only just punishment for murdering someone is the death penalty. So again, it's wrong to say that you can't be pro-death penalty for murderers and be pro-life. Of course you can. They're actually totally consistent because you believe in the value of innocent life in both cases. But I've talked about that many times before. We can link past episodes on that. So, that's my that's my whole spiel. I got a couple more things to say, but let me read you our last sponsor for the day and that is Carly Jean Loss Angeles so Carly Jean Los Angeles love this company love the people that run this company they started in 2004 with three simple goals help women feel as beautiful as they already are simplify the shopping and getting ready process and provide beautiful quality pieces that can be worn in any season of life also any season of the year for the most part I wear their stuff year round wore a dress over the weekend that I use as a cover-up but I've worn it in the fall with a sweater. I and I've worn it, you know, in the spring in the summer, you really can uh, wear their clothes however you want to, whether you're pregnant or postpartum. They're just so comfortable, so simple, such high quality. I love Carly Jean Los Angeles love knowing that my money is going toward a company that also supports my values. They're not going to turn around and for example, donate your dollars to Planned Parenthood. Thank goodness. So this is a great company to support. Their products are amazing. Go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com, promo code Allie B. You'll save 20% off your first order when you do. That's com promo code Allie B. All right. So that's really all I have to say about that. We've got a big interview coming up on Thursday that I'm super excited about. This is a journalist. She's a feminist journalist. We don't agree on a lot of things, but she has been covering the um, the tentacles of the transgender movement, the money that's behind it, the people that's behind it, the organizations, the the politicians that are behind it, the people in power who are behind it, who are underneath it, who are pushing it, who are funding it, who are pushing hormone therapy for young people. She has been studying this, examining and investigating this for a long time. I think it's really important that we blow the lid off of what is really going on here and what is the ideology and what are they truly trying to accomplish where does it come from why is it so dangerous and so i've been dying to talk to her forever and i'm super excited to get to do that so make sure that you tune in to that as well we have a lot of good episodes coming up like i said if you haven't listened to yesterday's um go do that it'll provide you with a lot of armor and arguments hopefully for everything that you're seeing um on social media. Let me know what you want me to talk about tomorrow. I don't think I have tomorrow's show planned yet, so I'm open to your suggestions on Instagram DM. If you love this podcast, it would mean a lot to us if you... Um, if you give us a five-star review, wherever you listen. Also, subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already done that. Also, we have amazing merch. We've got more coming. If you are watching on YouTube, I really need another sticker, but I've got my Razor Respectful Ruckus sticker. That's one thing that we said. I've got my Politics Matter because Policy Matters because People Matter. Everything we've talked about in the past few days is a really good uh, indication and evidence of that. I also have a be a salmon. So when you see all of your dumb friends, sorry, all of your uh, uninformed friends on social media uh, spreading uh, pro-abortion propaganda without having any critical thought, then you can be a salmon and you can swim the other direction, swim upstream. And then I also have my very important and very profound sticker there in the middle, millennials against low-rise genes, because we are still against low-rise genes that is our that is our single issue that is the hill that we're going to die on. All right, that's all I've got for you today and I will see you back here tomorrow.